Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the thickest double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I'll be honest with you, this is the type of day that Ferris Bueller would take off right here. This is it. This is it. I think remember in the film, it was in early June when he took that day off. And it was a Cubs game where Claudel Washington of the Braves hit that foul ball that he caught out in left field in the stands. Today's that type of day. It is. But I always want you to take this show with you. So make me a promise. I promise you all the time. I deliver you my promises all the time. Make sure you take me with you. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, if you got the windows down and you got stuff blaring, just make sure you take me with you. Yeah, like the Prince of the Revolution song from the soundtrack. Take me with you on a day like today. Hey, tomorrow is going to be a blast. Hold on one second. Speaking of which, I'm not trying to throw off your. No, that's okay. Well, 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 no, sorry. come on. Can you come come over here really quick? Hello, everybody. And jump on here, YouTube Live. That's Greg Rakestraw. Um, let me just tell you this. This is how you know it's going to be a hell of a show. It's when friend of this show, longtime friend, Greg Rakestraw, brings in various dressings in a jar. So you made <laughs> a somewhat random reference <laughs> yeah. about three or four sure. weeks ago to the folks at Hartwell's Premium Ranch Dressing. Exactly. And I happen to know the owner of the company, Jason West. Okay. And the creator chef, so to speak, in Charles Bryant, better known as Chuck. They are legends in their own mind in Greenwood on the South Side, tied in with the folks at Grafton Peak Catering. And so I got a text from Chuck this week because I said, hey, let me know. John mentioned you on the air. Yeah. I'm sure he would happily take some free product. And they gave me a case of this stuff. So you may be able to like just, you know, if you if you ever want to go out, you know, on your own terms, you can OD on ranch I apparently could. because I've got a case of this. Now it's supposed to stay refrigerated. Okay. So I'm going to put the rest of this in the fridge. Okay. You take as much of this as you want, but there are like eight cans of the premium dill ranch, which is like their mainline product. Now is this on uh, like I'm going to you guys are going to laugh. So do we dip vegetables in this? Dude, you can dip whatever you want to. Really? Absolutely. Everything I mean, gets ranch, dipped I mean, it's in ranch. This it makes everything better. <laughs> so, it. but they also have fire roasted chili. I like flavor it. Is I what got I've got it right here. Say. 
So, because I know you wanted to spend the entire opening segment of the show talking about ranch dressing. No, that's okay. So, there you go. So, anyway, this is going in the fridge. Take as much home as you want. 95% of the listeners out there were already thinking about ranch dressings sure. and varieties of that. Well, so we you might do as well. have to know your audience, JMB. We, we, and the Men 2554 audience is pretty much a ranch dressing sort of audience. Hartwell's so, yeah. premium right here. But, see, I know them so well. They're going to go home. They're going to grab a jar of this, go home, and put this on a salad. So what what you need to do, do. I've got 10 additional jars in here. Mm -hmm. If any of you live that are listening to the show now, (laughs) between the circle and where John lives on the Morgan Johnson County line, John will go old school like a dairy route. He will drop it off at your house. So so those of you in the chat room, in the lounge, in the foobar lounge, put your address on there and John will drop it off on his way home this evening. I can just meet you on my way home. And then he will mow your yard while he's there too. I am very versatile. I can go down 135. I can go down Bluff Road. I can go down 37. I can go down Harding. I'm very versatile when it comes to going south. I can hear the smoke coming out of the ears of the programming department as we speak. So, <laughs> back back to the show. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's Greg Rakesrell right there. I want to thank uh, Jason and the gang at Hartwell's Premium for bringing in the ranch. There's nothing like starting this show. I mentioned, too, it's day off worthy. Starting this show with Worthy Ranch dressings right there, too. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Greg a little over an hour ago downstairs, and one of our guests that's going to join me at the bottom of the hour seems like a guy that out at IMS is due. And I want to say his only win at IMS has been during that 2020 COVID harvest race. I think they ran two, and he won one. It is incredible. I was looking at that, going back to how things were handled three years ago. Three years ago, we were still in the midst of really doing absolutely nothing. Does it seem that long ago? It like seems 30 years ago to me. Almost. Because we were in the midst of really doing nothing. Talking about nothing. Going nowhere, searching for toilet paper. Three years ago. And I get to thinking about that because I was looking at, you know, the the bio of Joseph Newgarden, who's going to join me coming up at the bottom of the hour from Team Penske, and how he's absolutely due. Absolutely do that harvest race in the fall that they put together, obviously, uh, because you couldn't get anything together and things were getting postponed and pushed back and canceled uh, during 2020 in that COVID time that may we never, ever, ever go through again. But it's incredible. He is one of the better conversations in terms of drivers anywhere. Not only is he one of the better drivers anywhere, but he is one of the better driver conversations anywhere, too. Joseph Newgarden, the pride of Nashville, Tennessee, for Team Penske, is scheduled to join me coming up here at the bottom of the hour. I can't wait for that. So, yeah, he's due. I don't know if I'm going to bring that out of the gate. Because, obviously, Joseph, if you remember, uh, used to drive for my friend, our friend, Ed Carpenter. And I always bring this up every single year. I think Hagen brought this up to me on 59 going back to Sunday night. He said, so, you know, what's your call for the greatest bet you call in racing? Which we still have a long way to go. And, you know, who knows right now? I mean, you're just throwing a dart at the dartboard. And I, th- I said, I think like seven out of the last eight years I've picked Ed Carpenter. I think Ed's kind of got sick and tired of me picking him. I did not a year ago. 
But Joseph Newgarden used to be driving for Ed, and Joseph Newgarden certainly has charted a fantastic path. And Joseph will join us on this show coming up here at 3.30. All right, the NFL schedule release is coming at you tonight. Just a couple of leaks today. And you knew this was coming. You knew that Monday night, or you knew that prime timer was going to be the Jets. Hey, just get ready for it, right? As much as a lot of you are getting sick and tired of everybody talking about the Knicks and the Knicks are great, the Knicks and seven, the Knicks suck, this guy's great, this guy sucks. I mean, it's every game. That is the worst part of national radio. That is the worst part of, you know, big market conversation on national radio. I mean, everything changes in a moment. From great to suck, from suck to great. It's it's hilarious. It really is. But the Knicks are like that, and of course, the Jets haven't so much been like that because they've pretty much, they've been paddling around in the pond of suck for such a long time. But you know the dynamic that has changed this particular offseason with Aaron Rodgers, and you knew that they were going to get, they're going to get a bunch. We haven't seen them all just yet. Probably some more leaks over the course of the show. But they're going to get a bunch of prime time affairs with Aaron Rodgers under center. And they get that opener on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if you root for it or not. I don't know if you had a rooting interest for the Packers or for Aaron Rodgers. Would you rather see this thing go haywire and just be completely messed up for Rodgers and the Jets? Or would you want this to work out to make it, I guess, more dramatic slash compelling? Because if it goes the wrong way, it's laughable. It's a joke. Circus. And I kind of get the vibe around here that a lot of you are sick and tired of the circus because a lot of you have gone to the circus uh, by virtue of following the team here. And you're just sick and tired of seeing a circus in general. Would you rather have that work out? That be compelling? That be exciting? Or just to see him kind of slowly get flushed down the toilet of the NFL here with the New York Jets? Because you know you are going to see him and them a lot. You know you're going to hear about them a lot. And this may be the only time that we talk about him right here, but because it's the schedule release tonight, that is something we certainly will bring up. Yeah, the first game's a little weird, right? You knew you are going to get the Chiefs. So that opener on a Thursday night, you're going to get the Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. I'm guessing that if you were going to wager that the Lions probably would not have been in your thought process for that particular wager. I'm just guessing. And who knows? I mean, the Lions may step up this year. And why not, right? Within the NFC North, why couldn't they? With the Bears still muddling around, you never really know what the Vikings are going to be. At one moment, they look like they can win at a high clip, and the next moment, they look like an absolute mess. And you're really just kind of guessing with the Packers and thinking with Jordan Love, you know, you kind of got to be careful what you wish for if you wanted to see Aaron Rodgers leave because now you got it. So I guess why not the Lions? But that is your opener. And we'll get more of, I'm sure, these leaks that trickle in this afternoon and then 
Uh, we'll bring those up and anything else regarding the Colts, certainly. We will bring up, including yesterday and that news that has softened a little bit. And here's why. Initially, it was Frankfurt, Germany. It's a small stadium. And I told you yesterday that about 600 available tickets compared to, I want to say, around 1,000. They had 1,000 for fans and 1,000 for uh, friends and family members. So I, I guess a couple of thousand in general. The last time they went to Europe, and that was in London in 2016. This is going to be a smaller venue, and we shall see how that ends up dictating. But I guess the change of pace was yesterday. A lot of people were thinking, well, Frankfurt, Germany? Seems like everybody's down with going back to London, no matter what stadium it's in, whether it's Wembley or you know one of the other soccer stadiums there. Seems like everybody was pretty cool if it were going to be like it was a year ago in Germany. Munich didn't seem like that everybody was really on board yesterday with Frankfurt. I, I couldn't tell you. Like I am not a world traveler, but I can tell you this. As I mentioned yesterday, I had such a blast on that first one in 2016, um, and I thought the worst. I thought there's no way I want to go. I got to pack. I got to find my passport, and I got a you know, long flight. What if I have to go to the bathroom? I mean, all that stuff is just like flowing through my mind right there. Uh, once I got over there, once I got off the bus in London, because the London traffic's pretty horrible. Now, you think traffic around here, for example, right? You get on 465, I complain about it all the time. All this traffic's ridiculous. Uh, there is nothing I have seen more ridiculous than that. <laughs> and then everybody over there says they don't drive. But anyway, once we got there, once we got to, to London, and we were between Trafalgar Square and Piccadilly Circus. Once we got there, there was nothing better. I absolutely loved that the weather was spectacular in early October. I don't know how blessed you're going to get as a Colts fan going to Frankfurt, Germany in early November. But certainly if you went over there in 2016 to London, it really didn't seem like old dreary London that you hear stories about it was sunny and it was warm mild walked around short sleeves and it was a blast so I don't know people have asked are you going to be able to do the JMV takeover on that Saturday night from Frankfurt Germany I definitely would if asked find a club over there play some scorpions everybody would be fired up but we shall see the, again, the stadium number is 48K plus, And that's probably going to put a significant cap on this. Because I will say, I will say that it sounds like a lot of people are fired up to go, even in a season of enormous transition that the Colts presumably will be going through. They're talking about the quarterback position, talking about the head coaching position. So even with that in mind, it seems like that most yesterday were on board with going to Europe, going to Frankfurt, Germany, and watching this team play. Hanging out with this team over the weekend, hanging out in Germany, doing what you do. I think you miss out on Oktoberfest by, what, a couple of weeks, a week or so. Seems like a lot of people are excited. I just don't know how much of an opportunity you're going to have there. Or opportunity versus what could end up being a a bidding war for you. We shall see.
That's something we'll talk about a little bit later on. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. We'll talk about that, what his eyeball saw from the rookie minicamp that included Anthony Richardson. Again, if you missed Anthony Richardson on the show after he was drafted here, you hear the occasional promo that's running too, but it's 1075thefan.com with Anthony Richardson for the first time on this station after he was drafted. We'll talk to Mike about that, some other rookies and some other things of note and especially the expectation. We know the teams we just don't know the order we don't know i think we expect when we believe they will end up getting a bye week you know all that is kind of magnified right now an out-of-market nfl city probably could care less about it to be honest i don't blame you and the nfl has conditioned us to really deeply rooted care about stuff that really who cares you shouldn't care about They have conditioned you for that. That's what, that's how you feel. That's what you've done. Or that's what they've done for you. So now, you know, they come out with a schedule and everybody's fired up, I guess, to a degree with the NBA, because you're looking at the Christmas schedule and that, but that's about it. You're looking to see if your team, if you're a Pacer fan, if your team made it to any primetime games, but that's about it. Yeah, baseball, nothing similar. But like every benchmark of a calendar, a calendar year in the NFL seems to have some incredible significance that really we could probably all live a little bit without. Full disclosure. We'll talk about that with Mike Chappell coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. Sam Smith... um, is an incredible story. I think you know that of of Sam Smith before. I mean, he's been on the show before. Just an absolute incredible story that he is. And uh, Sam's going to join us coming up, I believe, in the 5 o'clock hour. A little bit later on. Uh, But very excited about doing that. Uh, We'll talk to Sam about his team. And more so than anything else, talk to Sam about what he is doing as far as technology is concerned. I mean, we we talked to Sam a year ago, too, about this. And it it is some wonderful stuff he's doing. Some wonderful stuff. And we'll talk to Sam coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. And as we got to a year ago, we kind of unearthed this last year when Sam Schmidt was on the show, if you remember. Um we found out that Sam Smith back in, I want to say, 84 or 85, he won $16,000 on one of our favorite all-time television game shows. You guys remember what game show that was? Anybody out there in Twitterland, anybody inside the lounge via YouTube Live, remember at all? Sam Smith won, I believe, fifteen or $16,000 on what 80s game show? Does anybody remember? And I, I had to hold myself back because I wanted to just turn it loose, right? And I probably will want to do that again. Uh, I did not, however. But it's a hell of a story. I'm sure I will bring that up coming up a little bit later on. In fact, can't wait to bring it up coming up a little bit later on. We'll see if I get any answers here via Twitter 
or on YouTube Live for you. Absolutely outstanding. His work with the Paralysis Foundation is just incredible. What he has done, what he has put forth, uh, what he has created. And we'll talk about that with Sam. He's going to join us coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Part of Errol McLaren, Sam Schmidt, 5 p.m. hour. I got stuff for you as well. Last night in the NBA, uh, not as compelling as what we have seen the night prior, right? But I guess still right there to a degree. Lakers didn't rest anybody. Lakers got beat. Draymond Green looked good. Steph Curry still looks good. Lakers still have an opportunity in game six to close it out at whatever used to be the Staples Center. But had that last night, and of course you had the Knicks, you had that Knicks matchup with the Heat. And then coming up later on tonight, you got more more NBA action coming your way. But it has been a fantastic postseason so far, and it does still... It does still kind of poke you a little bit as far as, man, this has been missing around here for such a long time. Now, this is different because these teams are now deep into the postseason. This is not like just making it there. This is deep into the postseason. But uh, there's no doubt that a lot of people around here miss it. You know, it's funny, too, when you think about it. You could ask this blanket question and probably go 50-50 on the answers. But I mentioned a little bit earlier about this Colts team being in a position of a rebirth, a reboot. Now, something that you haven't seen, especially with the quarterback position in a long time. You know, something you haven't seen from the head coaching position for a bit. That does not hold true with the Pacers. It seems like the Pacers are a little bit ahead of where certainly you would slot in any expectations for the Colts right now. And I've asked you this before regarding the Pacers because they are a little bit ahead of where the Colts are right now. People probably even mention a little bit more that I'm giving it credit to being right now ahead. But just out of curiosity... There's not much evidence because you haven't seen the quarterback play. You haven't seen the new head coach coach. You haven't seen this new team play together in wins or losses. Just the bar of expectation is not set very high. But in terms of both the Pacers and the Colts, is this it? Is this where things start to turn for the better? I mention this all the time. There has been a great deal of losing going on around here. You've had to sit through a ton of losing. And even when your team wins, like I give the examples of Purdue. Purdue goes through the entirety of the regular season. You win. Uh, you win the Big Ten Conference Tournament. You win going away the regular season title. And then you know what happens in round number one. So it seems like even with some winning around here, it comes with a price. There's a price tag on it that you have to pay. Are both these professional teams now on the right track? Again, I would consider this. As far as picks and direction with a rookie quarterback, that's all I could have asked for them to do. 
because that's what was necessary for them to do. The problem that you have, and even coming close to answering that question, is you have no idea because you have not seen any of this product yet. Right track for both. And I'm curious because most of you have said, yeah, for the Pacers, not so much for the Colts, just because you have not had that basis of comparison. Are both teams on that path? We'll jump back to that coming up in a minute. Sam Schmidt going to join us. Errol McLaren Racing, bottom of the uh, check that, 5 o'clock hour for Sam. Uh, Mike Chappell is going to be here in the 4 o'clock hour. And on the other side from Team Penske, Joseph Newgarden will join us. Is he due? And I always like to get the thoughts because the Grand Prix is coming up this weekend. The GMR Grand Prix is at 3.30 coming up on Saturday or Saturday afternoon. And you can hear pre- and post-race coverage right here. I know Greg Rakestraw is going to be a part of it. Uh, per usual, the IMS Radio Network. But how much enjoyment do they get out of this precursor to what matters the most and I mean by a long shot more than anything else in their IndyCar, in their season altogether. It's the end of the month that matters. The end of the month that matters more than anything else. Everything else basically is much less important when it comes down to it than that particular race. So what is the approach of the GMR Grand Prix? We'll talk to Joseph Newgarden about that coming up here on the other side. Otherwise, LL Cool J tickets for you. Carb Day tickets. That's Carb Day and qualifying for you as well. Coming up when you hear a uh, reentry from Brian Adams or we'll do Soul Asylum, one of the two. Uh, coming up a little bit later on. Those LL Cool J tickets, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That concert is coming up in August. Plus, are you ready? Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Mystic Waters, look it up. I tweeted that out a little bit earlier. We're going to be on the road tomorrow. That's the Pendleton exit off of I-69. Mystic Waters Campground will be giving away a staycation. And my invite, the welcome mat is out. This is going to be a blast. Tell you a little bit more about that. Brent Halverson, of course, is going to be a part of that, our betting analyst. And he's going to be with us tomorrow. Again, Mystic Waters Campground. That's right off of I-69. You can see it there at the Pendleton exits. I want everybody, if you have a chance, and especially if you're up around the Anderson, LaPel area, you know, Noblesville, Fishers, northeast side, if it's a very easy drive for you, make it and come hang out with us tomorrow. A little bit more on that coming up as well. Joseph Newgarden and you at 239-1070. Email the address is jmv at 1075thefan.com. The Lounge via YouTube Live is up and running. I'll see you guys coming up in just a minute. HD Radio, the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, we're... Joe to the sea is listening, evidently, driving back from the fart. We fart way in Indiana. At JMV1070 via Twitter as well, C. Fitch asked this, is week one versus Jacksonville a must win? 
Also, Colts, Bengals, week 14, 1 o'clock. I don't know. This is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be a little bit different, or how have you? I don't know how many must-wins you're going to get out of me. Does, does this disappoint everybody? And I know that I am the king around here of must-wins. Yeah, I just got your back on this. Those were must-wins. They should have won. You were told way too much for them not to go out there and win. But for this year, and this is not something for, well, all you're doing is just giving Ballard this year. And I didn't give Ballard anything. It was Jim Ursay that did. We made our points, I think, pretty clear about that here. But I can't say, well, you know, this is a must win and that's a must win now because the expectations, no matter what you say, have been dialed down. Don't tell DeForest Buckner that. Don't tell Jonathan Taylor that. But that's true. That's true. And as we've talked about before, the path that should be taken on this is much like what the Pacers did a year ago. And that is, uh, this is a work in progress. We got what we want, building it. And I know that it's much easier to do that and transition into a winning team in one year in the NFL. But it is going to be incredibly difficult to do that. So you got to manage these things just a little bit. So I don't think you're going to get a lot of must-win situations out of me this year. You okay with that? I mean, I can throw one in there if you want, if it makes you feel better. If it just sounds a lot different, (laughs) I can throw one in there if you need it. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of it. Thank you, C. Fitch, for that. Meantime, he's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. He is from Team Penske. He is getting ready to rev his engines this weekend for the GMR Grand Prix. That's a part of May out at IMS. Of course, you've got the uh, greatest spectacle in racing at the end of the month. Joseph Newgarden he is the pride of Nashville, Tennessee, who joins us now. Hello, Joseph. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. Good to be here. Excited for the month of May. All right. So I know that you're excited for the month of May. But deep down, I think we all know what you're really, truly excited about because I think all your other competitors would say the same thing. How do you amp yourself up for this race coming up on Saturday? Well, it's pretty easy to do. You know, uh, the the big thing for me is when we show up here and we roll into the gates at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it, it just automatically you know, gets you excited about what's about to happen. You know, for us, we're so privileged. We get to live here basically for the whole month. We're inside the track. Um, you know, just getting that brace, all the activities, all the time. And, and, you know, it feels like you're, you're just in this, you know, special club that gets to essentially camp at the speedway for three weeks. So it's, it's a blast. Um, you try and embrace it and enjoy it and just know that it's a privileged opportunity to, to compete on this, you know, world-class stage. He is a Joseph Newgarden with us. I have described you as being due at IMS, just in general, in all forms, um, not only, you know, the one coming up this weekend or the one coming up um, on, what, the 28th, I, you're doing all forms. you feel that way? Yeah, I, I hate to say I think we're due because I, I don't think anybody is owed anything at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You know, I've been doing this a long time. This is going to be my 12th attempt at, at trying to win the 500. And, you know, I drive for a team that's 
pretty accomplished. Most people know that. You know, Team Penske has won 18 Indy 500s, so um, they they know how to win around this place. It's it's certainly just me that's that's trying to you know carve carve my name um, you know out at, at the track and. I, I've I've put my heart and soul into it every year. I'm going to do the same this season, and you know I, I just believe in the process that you got to try and give yourself an opportunity every year to win, and and hopefully you know the door opens um, one of those years. So that's my focus. Just let's be there. Let's you know let's qualify well, put ourselves up front, give ourselves a chance, and um, if we can close the deal, we're going to be going for it just as hard as anybody else. Uh, Joseph Newgarden joins us. How long does a a previous and we're talking about the the five hundred here? How long does a previous race hang with you once it's done? Yeah, great question. You know, it used to be like a twenty four hour rule where if you're you're upset about it, then right. um, if it was a bad day, you know, you're you're letting that sit for for twenty four hours and then you need to move on. But right now, it's it's more like forty eight for me. Uh, so definitely two days to to get over it if it was a bad day. It's easier when it's a good day. You know, when, when it's a good day, I'm pretty much moved on to the next uh, event immediately. I can't wait to go to the next one and figure out, you know, what we're going to be doing to, to try and win again. But it's it's the hard days that, that linger with you, especially after the 500. You know, this, this place, it hits you the hardest. If it doesn't go well, all the work and time. Um, and that's why I mean so much, and I can only imagine what it's like to win it. And, and again, no disrespect to, you know, Belle Isle and, you know, that race in the past that uh, you guys go to as well. And I know that that's uh, meaningful and you're racing and all that. But I'm sorry, with the 500, it's different. It's it's like the Super Bowl. And if, if things don't go right for you in the Super Bowl, that would tend to hang with you for a longer period of time than what a lot of you, I think, are allowed to have in this case before the racing starts again. Yeah, no, no doubt, and and that's almost the beauty of of you know running at Detroit immediately afterwards. Because if if it is a bad day, you know you're you're understandably going to be really frustrated about it, and it does linger. But getting back in the car quickly, as quickly as possible, really can help things. Um, you know, I think if you you won the event, you know, you look at the schedule that the Indy 500 has to go through, and it's, it's very demanding, and typically it's hard on the winner to to show up and perform the next weekend again. Um, so that that's probably the good problem to have. But on, on the bad side, yeah, it, it's it's actually I would say it's nice to have the weekend so soon because you, you just want to get back in the car and and try and rectify what didn't go right. And so, it, it, but it is different. You're absolutely right. It lingers more. It's a bigger event. It hits harder than anyone that you go to on the year. Um, and it's just the time and the energy. It, it takes so much of that out of everybody. And when it doesn't go right, you know, everyone's you know pretty pretty upset about it. That's uh, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Uh, tell us in full detail your, your season so far. I mean, obviously feeling good after Texas, but uh, the schedule leading up to the GMR Grand Prix this weekend, how do you feel about you and the race team? I feel really good. You know, I've been excited about the place we're in. We've had a, a I don't want to say a strange season, but it's certainly been up and down. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had good days and bad um, we're early though. This is we're four races into our schedule. We won, you know, one race. Um, so I guess we're 25 percent on our hit hit rate right now. But um, we need to be a little bit more consistent. We've had some tough days that have gone sideways, especially days that we could have won. So I'm optimistic because I think we could have won three out of four. And um, you know, I'm I'm trying to be a little bit cautious and make sure we stay on the right track because those two that got away from us, they, they got away and we got to understand why that is and, and sort of, you know, rein in the, the consistency, but 
as far as just Indy and this track, I, I feel really good about where we are. You know, we've had a couple tough years here with, with our team, um, both last year and the year before. But I think we've been chipping away at it, making progress and trying to get our, ourselves back to the front. And I think this could be the year that, you know, we, we fully get there again. It's uh, Joseph Newgarden with us. It, it has to be difficult, too, because it, when you go that far, as you explained in these four races so far, that far up and then down like that, you're, you're searching for answers. Do you find all those answers that you're looking for, Joseph? Well, you hope to. You know, for us, it, it was not an overnight thing. You know, it, it's definitely not from a lack of effort of trying to examine ourselves and see, you know, our, where are we putting our effort in? Is it in the right areas? Are we, you know, is our process wrong, et cetera? There's just, there's a lot that you can go through. Um, and it's it's not easy to just find, you know, the, the, the magic answer. There's, there's It's normally not one magic thing that's going to flip the script for you. So, You've got to do some trial and error, and, and we've done that over the last couple of years. And, and I think we've we've gotten a lot of answers for where we thought we misstepped or where we put energy that maybe wasn't in the right spot. And, and you know, that happens because things change all the time. You know, you look at racing and you think what worked last year should work again, and that seldomly is the case. You're, you're always having to evolve, like everything in life and, and like most sports. You have to continue to evolve and, and reinvent yourself. And, you know, we've had to do that over the last couple of years, and I, I think we're – We've been on the right track looking at the last two years building of this season, and I think we're finally in a spot where we can really capitalize on, on what we've learned. Justin Newgarden is with us. I'm curious your thoughts on this, too. You know, Obviously, you're incredibly talented. Your team is incredibly talented. Uh, that goes without saying. How much of it comes down to on some days, what is the percentage of, hey, we got this level of talent compared to the percentage of good fortune that is necessary out there? Yeah, it's a great question. Sometimes it's it's better to be lucky than good. You know, uh, unfortunately, that happens in racing where, you know, timing doesn't work out for you. And, and, you know, maybe someone else or some other team is victorious on the day. And and that's the intangible that you just can't control. And, uh, you know, un- unfortunately, you got you can't you can't fixate on it because you can't control it. You know, the timing is, you know, in everything we do in life and that that piece of the equation, we we can't really dictate what's going to happen. But the things that we can control, and you know, outside of something odd happening, um, it's 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 really important to get the basics right. I think that's where we excel at Team Penske. You know, we we get the basics correct ninety nine percent of the time. We focus on you know what are the core things that are going to make us good on the day. What, how are we not going to make mistakes? Let's not beat ourselves. And and it's funny how often that trumps over you know, trying to be overly sophisticated or, or over-engineer something. So I think when you start with the basics and then you add the talent and the hard work on top of it, it's just a really tough combination to beat most of the time. Uh, doesn't mean we're perfect, but I, I think that's really what's helped this team excel over the years. How's it like to be in a Team Penske post-race meeting? Good versus bad. <laughs> what's it like to be in that room? Um, it's, you know, I think it's, it's tense when you're when you're looking at pure performance, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, you know, everyone really strives to get the best out of themselves, and that's that's what I've learned at, at being a part of this team. I think from the outside, it doesn't look like a warm environment. It's actually kind of the opposite. When I joined the team, it's it's some of the most fun I've had, some of the best friendships I've made in racing. So it's it's a tremendous environment to work in and very collaborative. But you also have this intensity to it where everyone shows up and wants to be the best versions. Uh, possible that, that they can really put put out there, and, and you get that from the whole team. 
And, and that's why you, you get a team that, that typically excels like we do because um, you, you have that demand from each individual internally that, that wants to get the most out of themselves. So, you know, post-race, if it, if it was bad, everyone's pretty upset and they're, you know, they're trying to get it right. And Roger Penske is, you know, he's the most competitive out of all of us and he demands excellence. Um, but we all demand it. You know, when we show up, we want to be the best that, that we can be. And when it's a good day, like we turn the page pretty quick. We're moving on to w- what's the next task. You know, what can we learn about this day and how can we apply it going forward? I thought that you were pretty close to, to saying, and I don't know that's if this is what you meant, but Team Penske Team at times seems robotic, right, at a high level of that. And compare being in a post-race good or bad meeting with Team Penske to that of being in something similar as you have been in the past with Ed, for example. Yeah, I mean, I can get that. I think I, I had that expectation from the outside that it was a cold environment. Right. You know, just very, robotic is one way to put it, too. It, it has that sort of look to it, but it, it's really not. You know, it's what, what you see, again, to me, is the intensity of everyone trying to excel at their job. And, and you really have this – I'm – no joke. You have, a, you have a great environment where everybody wants to get the most out of each other, and, and that was a great surprise to me. So when it when it's not a good day, you know, I think you see with this team, uh, certainly you see it more with this team from my vantage point than, than what I've experienced in the past, but you have more focus on, you know, what are we going to do to fix the problems that, that we see? You know, we, we get on it really, really quickly. There's no there's no lag time. No one's waiting around for someone to, you know, give us a handout. We're, we're working immediately to try and rectify problems and, and address them. So that that's really the difference. It's uh, Joseph Newgarden with us. I, you look at the type of team that you're on, and, and I, I guess a, a baseball term here, do you feel like this as a driver is, all right, I've got to produce – along with we have to produce, because that's the expectation. When you're a part of the best and you have the best, the expectation is to be the best. I'm not suggesting at all that, you know, it's it's win or go home here, but that's probably, right, a little bit of this mentality that we're talking about here with Team Penske. Uh, it is, but, you know, to be fair, it, that expectation is there everywhere. You know, the, the, the way that this – it is a performance-driven sport – in racing, you're you're either succeeding, you're winning, or you know you're you're not going to have a job, and and that that's how it works across the board, regardless of what team you're with. So, I'd prefer to be with the best of the best because the difference in pressure on being with the best team on the grid or maybe the the worst team on the grid, it's really no different in my mind. I mean, you, it, it doesn't matter. You you everybody expects you to excel at some point and to put up numbers. And so I'd rather just have the best of the best around me while I'm trying to do that because it's it's going to be no different pressure. Now, you're perfect to explain that. Absolutely perfect. That's why I wanted to to ask you that, too, because I I didn't want it to seem like that that's throwing shade at other teams or anything. But, you know, everybody has different personalities and everybody has certainly they all have the same expectations. But it it just Team Penske is has that across the board and just seems like that there is constant with whatever you're doing, probably competition going on there. How busy outside of racing, practicing, qualifying and all that is your month? the mayor out here joseph oh crazy busy you know we're we're at a, a partner event right now we're at a jiffy lube on on the on the west side of town with our our partner Pennzoil. so we we get to do all sorts of stuff and you know I'm you changing oil Scott you want to change yeah, some oil change some oil 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 welcoming customers and and uh, doing all all the works. I mean, look, they they get their money's worth out of us. All right, we don't drive just drive the cars. And do everything they need. Um, so me and Scott were pitching in for the for the whole month. That's why. Well, listen, can you could you change the oil in your vehicle? Oh yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Scott's a fabricator. He could, you know, if he needs something welded. Uh, oh really? Well, hell, oh, yeah. I didn't know we had a welder on Team Penske here. Who? I mean, as a driver, I guess I know you have welders, but. Didn't know that. Wow, you don't have a welding skill. I, I don't, but these guys are nuts, you know. Uh, <laughs> so Scott, Scott is uh, he's you know he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand, but he's yeah. lived in Australia a long time. So he's you know they're tradesmen over there. They they learn a trade very early. So he he learned welding, and you got I don't know what uh, <laughs> Scott's literally right next to me. Will like knows how to knit or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, so they. Yeah, they've got these skill sets that I don't have, but uh, I can I can dabble. I'll get into whatever they're into. Uh, Scott's gonna get. Scott's probably grown up kind of like Crocodile Dundee to a degree, right? He can just do it all. So. Oh and, yeah, I mean. yeah. Scott, Scott, he's a he's a wild man. He loves to live in the wilderness, but he's, yeah, he, he, you know, he likes he likes being here in in the track too, and he's yeah. he's comfortable in the car. He says, no doubt about that. All right, hey, I appreciate you dropping in here, and hopefully we get to talk again before the greatest spectacle in racing. The best of luck in the GMR Grand Prix coming up this weekend, Joseph. And again, thank you for the time, and uh, yeah, have a great month of May out there. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks That's, for having uh, me. Joseph Newgarden right there. Team Penske on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. That's funny. There's nobody better. And I said this actually to Greg Rakestraw downstairs before the start of the show. Nobody better to explain um, or to answer the question that I asked regarding expectations on a day-to-day basis at Team Penske. Better than Joseph Newgarden right there. Quick break and we shall return. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. The awesomeness that is Sam Schmidt and where he won $15,000, which game show back in the 1980s? Answer that. A lot of you already have via Twitter. We'll answer that coming up next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, Jim McCann and others had this. Sam Schmidt's going to join me of Errol McLaren in the 5 o'clock hour. In the 80s, Sam Schmidt appeared on the game, the game show, Pressure Luck. Remember Peter Tamarkin, the late Peter Tamarkin was the host. I believe Peter Tamarkin died in a plane crash. So he was the host and Pressure Luck was a great game show and really has stood the test of time. If you watch it today, it's just about as exciting as it was when you first watched it. No whammies, no whammies. Stop. And a whammy. Big bucks, big bucks, big bucks. I mean, it was great. But Sam Schmidt won over $15,000 on Pressure Luck. And I brought that up last time. That's outstanding, though. So we'll talk to Sam. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I'm sure I'll bring that up. That's one of my favorite all time. It did not last very long, but it was still great. 
Calvin Fitch writes this. When are you going to have a thrash metal night on the JMV takeover? James would be all excited about that. He's already trying to get Romstein in the mix. (laughs) Romstein, I'm sorry. Romstein. Uh, Metallic is that's not thrash though, right? Anymore? Not really anymore. Metallic has played days, a couple yeah. of times at the Jamby Takeover. Inner Sandman's played. Sad but True has played. Uh, maybe one. I think maybe one has played too. Oh, the went from then. Great that, song. That video though was just way too weird. It's tough to watch. The video. Slayer will not be played. Anthrax probably will not play be played either. And Pantera, um, I could in the '90s squeak maybe walk in there. Maybe. You could do walk. You yeah. could do uh, Cemetery Gates. Now it's Mother's Day weekend this weekend, right? Um, is it Danzig that does Mother? That's not thrash metal though. Danzig. I don't right? think that's thrash, but uh, I think you're right. It is Danzig. Mother, mother, Danzig. And then from the 90s, you have Tracy Bonham and Mother Mother, which is not thrash metal either. Thank you, C. Fitch. Shandy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59. Uh, do you have an up-to-date um, passport? Do you know where that is? And are you ready to go to Frankfurt, Germany in November? Yes, and probably. I mean, the wife is ready to go as soon as, you know. Sure. As soon as it came out, and and we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, that, that's been one of the really, really good perks of covering this team so long is the places you get to go. I've been to all the international games, uh, London and Mexico City and Tokyo and Buffalo, which is or uh, uh, Toronto, which is sort of international but not overseas, certainly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. To- Tokyo was cool. Long ass way away, but it was pr- pretty cool. Uh, Peyton Manning and Michael Vick. So, uh, looking forward to it. I hope, hopefully, I'll be able to go, and we'll 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 see. Yeah, six hundred tickets from what I've heard is going to be the allotment because they they've got a teeny weeny stadium they're going to be playing in by NFL standards, right? As long as there's room in the press box, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. How, how selfish was that? That was very uh, selfish out of you right there. It, it's funny. Man. When when uh, the Colts played uh, the Bears in the Super Bowl in Miami, uh, whatever the stadium was at the time, pro-life or yeah. uh, whatever it was. I think it was pro-player. Uh, pro-player, whatever, pro-life. We don't want to get in that rabbit hole. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for bringing that into the conversation. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have you call downstairs here in a minute. Yeah. We're, we're, we're up in the press box, and it looks like it's a light little mist. And the wife and the family were in the stand. She said, "No, it was raining." They yeah. went back to the hotel, and they were just soaked. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. To hopefully, they can make the trip and and all that because it's just an experience. I never would have gone to Tokyo. I never would have, uh, yeah. and I never would have gone to, to, to Germany. So. It's it's not so much for the experience of the team, although that's kind of cool. It's more just to get out and go. But the the biggest regret over all of my years covering this team is I've never flown in to Boston for all those New England games, so I've never had a chance to go to Cheers. And uh, so you all, what do you fly into Providence then? 
a private answer just because I, I was yeah. always told that Boston was a pain in the butt. That really the, the distance was about the same, but Providence is just it's it's just so much better, so much smaller and more yeah. convenient. I'm sure it's bigger now, but but uh, yeah, it, it's really cool to think of all the places we've been able to go. And this this will be another one. Hopefully, I can I can make it work. So the you, you is, the passport is ready to go. Awesome. You went to to Tokyo. That was a preseason game and a game that Edrin did not have any need to want to be a part of. If memory serves, uh, the Benihana's the closest I'll be to. Yeah, Tokyo's Benihana's. That's and, a great quote. And, 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 well, the better one is that he's going to take all his guys out and they're going to give him a happy ending. That was really good <laughs> because back then, you know, a lot of folks didn't know exactly what that referred to. So that that made the first edition of our newspaper, and then it was deleted. Uh, oh, really? Well, who deleted yeah. who deleted the happy ending well, part out? Some copy editor who knew what the heck it meant. So. Oh, so you know, you were relying on the fact that some of the the longer and the tooth copy editors at the then Star didn't know what he actually meant by that. That's why Correct. that got run? Correct. And, and you know, we, <laughs> there are standards of what you can and can't put in, and that was one of them that crossed the line. <laughs> and, 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 of course, Edrin gave it to us, as, as he would normally do. Oh, that's fantastic right there. It's uh, Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. That's awesome. You've got to, to go to all those those places. I went to London, and I mentioned this before. It was It was kicking and screaming. I did not want to go. But I've never been so glad that people forced me to go somewhere in my life because it was absolutely outstanding. Now, one thing I wish we had done, and we will if we go this time, is with the buy the next week, we will probably stay a day or two uh, just to enjoy it. Because when you're there working, you're working, and there's not a lot of free time. We were so crammed in the Tokyo trip. Uh, my wife's girlfriend went with her, and, and our big thing is we rode the bullet train to the base of Mount Fuji, but we, but we didn't have time to do anything else. So uh, yeah, I, in London, my, my and I've got a picture. It, it's I, I've got my I, I'm, I'm Mr. Beatles, and I've got a picture of me walking across the Abbey Road. So the Beatles got nothing on me. Now we we rode in what they call the tube in London. You know, they, they say you get an, something called an oyster card when you get there, and we rode around everywhere. But the best part about it was we went with Bullseye, and Kyle Kinnett had us in a hotel that was about three blocks from Piccadilly and three blocks from where I broadcast live from in Trafalgar Square at Admiralty. It was, you know, five blocks from uh, the Thames river and uh it was awesome i mean absolutely and the weather was great walking distance to some great parts others you took the tube it was just a great experience all the way around well i don't want to and i don't want to rub your face in it but the, the, the most memorable part to me was we went to the writers went to kensington kensington palace for a dinner and that was nice i, I did mean, not that, that, i did that, not that, do that that's how the other two percent of the world lives but it was it was really amazing that you know Ursay put that on and uh, so again it was and again there are things that I never would have ever done had it not been for being fortunate enough to 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 to, to do what I do and to do it at a good enough level to do it long enough and it's just it's just pretty cool to to do and that's why I say I hope 
that I can make the Frankfurt thing work. There's some things that need to fall in place or whatever. Um, but but I'm I'm hoping to go. Yeah, it's like um, with I, the wife. What's that? With the wife. Yeah, well she, done. She won't let me go without her. <laughs> it's 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 well done. But uh, nah, it wasn't really a surprise to me that they got that that game in London or checked that in that game in Europe. Was it a surprise to you? I kind of thought it would be a London game with Tennessee or Jacksonville, because well, one thing that's kind of crazy is, and you just have to learn to, to take what you read with a grain of salt. A lot of times is the, the, the couple of papers in Germany announced who the games were uh, ahead of time, like in the last four or five days, and it's not it's not the games that they ended up with. So that's why I kind of anticipated London as opposed to Germany, because what I had read is ahead of time that a couple of papers over there had already leaked, I guess, er- erroneously, who the, who the teams were going to be in the two games. But so, uh, but it, it's, they, they were due, they, they were due to go, um, you know, as far as every X number of years you generally go. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. It, it, you know, it's, it's really, what's funny is, and I don't think I'm, I'm wrong, is this is something that the team and Jim Irsay loves. They embrace it. They, they probably, I'm sure he's lobbied for it because it's great exposure for the franchise and your players and your brand and all that. And I really doubt too many coaches say, man, I hope we get that overseas game. I just, you know, because they're all about, you know, routine and yeah. this is the way we do things in the seven day life cycle and all that. And this totally throws it on its head, although you get the bye after that. But, the, you know, is is preparing for that game. Do you leave early? Do you leave late? And what do you do? So, but it, it, it's it's all things being considered, it, this is a plus for the franchise. And it's simply good exposure for your, for your franchise and, and your brand. So Mike Chappell, who joins us, would you think that if I would have told you 15, 20 years ago, that the Colts and the Patriots would play in Germany, would you think that was crazy? Yeah, probably. I mean, because it's crazy because they've played so often. And remember after the realignment in 2002, these teams still played like every year, every other year, just because of the way the the scheduling was. So, yeah, it is kind of funny that now these two former, you know, serious rivals – which, which you know, which team's going to win to go to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, whatever? Now they got to go all the way to, to Germany to keep it going, and maybe that's how far the Colts need to get removed away from Foxborough by how they were handled last year by the Patriots. But uh, it, it's kind of, it, again, it's kind of cool, but it's kind of strange that, it, that it's New England of all teams. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There's a point in time when the Colts are going to have to. I guess in this case, I can describe it like this. Surrender a home date to play overseas? Is it a matter of time? Yeah, it's a matter of time. But, again, I, I they, they do tend to spread these out. So, you know, is the next four years, five years, maybe, maybe a lot of it – not maybe. A lot of it depends on how quickly Anthony Richardson is what they hope he is. And this team's all of a sudden back to where it's really a, really a flagship – Franchise, but yeah, it's that's probably one of the downsizes or, or or the down points of this is New England loses a home game. Although aren't aren't they don't they have eight or nine home games? So you're really you still have your eight 
But uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. but you, you, it, it's still you're still losing a gate. You're still losing a gate, so that that makes a difference uh, with, with revenue. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that the owner would would really be happy about that, even if he was yeah. going overseas. Maybe at yeah, some point he's going to be understanding of it, but it would be hard pressed to believe that point would be now. Yeah, and, and you need to get somebody on that's a lot smarter than me. But when it comes to uh, revenue streams for a team. And I'm not down playing a home game at all, at all. But with the way things are with, with TV and all that kind of stuff, it, it's it's not quite the, uh, the the jolt as you might expect. But it's still it, it's still a home game you're not getting. Yeah, it's no doubt. Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I mean, maybe he can you know, play some music. You know, do one of those music things a concert or whatever and bring some of his stuff to germany to frankfurt and have yeah, people look at it over that weekend i think what we need to do we need to hook up with bjorn Werner and see if he can kind of walk us around <laughs> and you know see what he's doing hey, what, what, what does Werner rank as one of the in the category of worst first round selections of all time for the colts here yeah that, yeah we'll talk about that and then i'll call him up and I'll, he'll say you had me what so that's not exactly a way to, to lay the groundwork to call him. But, yeah, that's one that didn't work out. Philip Dorsett, uh, I, I would probably put Dorsett ahead of him in recent memory. Uh, and, and I've not got my book in front of me. Uh, if you want to consider Trent Richardson, with, they gave up a first-round pick to get him. Uh, that, but those two kind of jump out at me as far as what you expect. Werner Moore. Because that that was one of those again we talked about when you're chasing mistakes and when you're always chasing that mistake at edge pass rusher you eventually have to keep taking one which keeps you from taking somebody else. But he had some. He never was a good fit for what they tried to do. Whether it was three four four three, he was injured. I'm telling you, he was a great guy. He, he really was a good guy to deal with. Uh, just, remember what was he the, the his conference's uh, defensive player of the year? Yeah, and it just didn't work out. So Mike Chapel here is with us, so we know who they're going to play. What do you think the bye week is going to be this season? Oh, I think I think it'll be the next week, the following week. Yeah, that normally is yeah, that way, I mean, right? Yeah, but it wasn't in sixteen, as I remember. Uh, because they have, they the, don't they run. have the choice though that they choose not? Didn't yeah, Pagano and, and Grigson choose not, not to do it that way? Yeah, because it was what was that? Was that week four, week five? It was early, and you didn't want it that soon. And they yeah. they thought they could get back and and it not be too much of a of an issue. And I just think that with, it would be a perfect time after the. Uh, trip to Germany to have your bye week it, because it, it, it's gonna, it, it's late in the season, so that's about that's roughly about where you'd like to have your bye anyway. Uh, I, just going back here and looking, they uh, they played it the, was the Bears four. They, they, and they came back and played the Bears and yeah. beat them. So uh, so it, it just depends, but I just think when it's that late into the season, it just makes sense to, to have your bye. If you have your druthers, and you know the league does give you that option, I just kind of have to believe the Colts will say, "Yeah, give us that buy-in week, uh, the week after after Germany." I guess that what stands out so much about going back to 2016 and you know being in London with that game was how bad the Colts played. They were terrible. Yeah, and it was and it was Jacksonville, so you know, it was sort of a it, it was a road game, 
and that was the second of that of this long streak of losing at Jacksonville, whatever it is now. The, I think the last time they beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville was 2014, I think, or on the road since that was in London. But yeah, they just played awful, uh, and, and they still almost won. They, you know, I think it was 30-27 yeah. or whatever. So it was still there, but God, the, the offensive line was a mess. You know, where have we heard that before? Uh, but even you know, luck wasn't good enough to to, to get him over the hump, and it, it was a great trip, but a bad trip, business trip. I, I'm curious. Mike Chappell joins us, and obviously, everybody is focused in on Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, and you know how things look, and whether or not he starts in week number one, and yeah, he's at the top of that list, but. The major concern, and you can talk about, you know, cornerbacks, you know, Shaquille Leonard coming back and being anywhere near capable of performing at the level in which everybody thought and his contract would dictate he he should and would be playing at. But how far away are we with believing that just with a change in quarterback from old to new, a 13-game player collegiately, and basically a snap of a finger. This offensive line is going to go from playing at that low level to being much better, what we thought they should be this year. Isn't that somewhat of a pipe dream? Well, it's put a lot of faith in, 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 and trust, whatever, blind trust in, in it working. I mean, in all three guys, you know, Nelson, Kelly, and Braden Smith having bounce-back seasons – and, and Bernhard Ryman, you know, taking that next step. And, you know, he had some rough moments last year as rookie left tackles tend to, especially when you're just thrown into it. You know, like, here you go, go swim. Uh, and, and now he got better. He, he got a lot better as the season went on. But but you're still you're still kind, kind of counting on him being the guy. We've not really – you know, they drafted Freeland in, the, what was it, fourth round to be – competition and to be the swing tackle i guess but yeah I, i'm not the only real addition is, is is the new offensive line coach and right now everybody says the right things yeah you know he, he he's talking the right things he's details holding us accountable and all this stuff and we'll see i just it's just, to me it is risky because that's the one area if you really dummy it down that's the one area that sabotaged Everything last year, you know, maybe Matt Ryan works at at least to win the AFC South level if the offensive line just plays okay, just okay. You know, then Jonathan Taylor, although he was banged up much of the season and finally went on IR, then he's more effective, and then the passing is more effective. So it's just, it's just odd that to this time they've not added – a free agent. It's it's just it's unusual. You know, I, I still believe I don't know who it is. I've not looked at the list that close that they've got somebody in mind that they're going to sign later on. They, they've had a couple of guys come in for workouts and our you know look sees or whatever. But but it's just odd. It, it just is when that's you got the young quarterback and he needs to be protected. You need to allow him to do what he does, and you're just you're just. I guess crossing your fingers. I don't know how else to put it. That the three guys have bounced backs, and Bernard Ryman takes the next step. And by the way, you know Will Fries works at right guard, or, or uh, Emil Ikior works, or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's just strange 
that that's been their approach when they always preach the importance of O-line, D-line. And it, it's, it just goes against what how they've done things in the past. Do you think they – and obviously they don't, but do you, is it believe or hope is what they're putting into this thought process at right guard? Belief or hope with what they have? Hope? I don't know. I, I, how, do you, how do you believe – because it's it's not working. It it was you know up and down and uneven, and it didn't work with Danny Pinner, and 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 so I I don't know. It, it's they know what they're doing. It, it's their job to know what they're doing, and I, I just keep going back to saying that it's it's when that when when that was such a detriment last year, obviously, and, and you didn't you haven't done much except draft. And a new line coach, uh, so I don't know. We'll see in whether we'll know in training camp. Probably not. Preseason, we should have an idea. But I would feel better if there's a player or two not here yet. But uh, you know, at some and it's still semi early, but not really because the longer you wait, and the longer you have waited, then the available talent is thinner, so I, it, it, I I scratch my head at that all the time. Mostly 1 o'clock starts is what we're going to see later on this evening? Oh, I think so, and that's what <laughs> that's what four and, four, 12 and 1 teams get. Uh, you know, and we've had a few years like that, which the team probably isn't cra- wouldn't be crazy about, but media doesn't really mind 1 o'clock starts, you know, because, you know, then, and it's about us because we get done earlier. So you know you you get you get what you get you you get what you earn, generally unless you're one of the the, the America's teams for whatever reason the Raiders when they even when they were bad, or Dallas even when they were bad, but yeah I would anticipate a lot of one o'clock games. It's a Mike Chapel there CBS four and Fox fifty nine hoping that he gets to Frankfurt Germany coming up in November. Could uh, I try to go fund me or would that be too much? <laughs> That's probably too much, isn't it? <laughs> You'd be okay. Yeah, You'd be okay with that, yeah. And then you had to bring up how you guys, the, the writers, and the cut got to go to this place, and I didn't get to go to that place while right in on. London. Yeah, I didn't want to rub that in too much, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, they unplugged me. I, I, I was actually on the air. I think when I think I was on the air when you guys were doing that, and uh, maybe I, I was. I thought about you. Yeah, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you guys didn't think about me at all. So it's all right though. All good. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. See what happens. We'll talk to you later. Be well. That's a Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. Yeah, I didn't get to call for that, but I was at Admirality, and what a great pub right there, still in existence, as far as I know, in Trafalgar Square. And uh, I think you could actually see it if you guys watch. Have you seen the film The Martian? Uh, there's a part in the Martian where they're showing like different locations where people are watching them, mm-hmm. for back of a uh, lack of a, a better description, catch Matt Damon when he's being thrust up there. We're going to catch him, right? This, yeah, we're going to catch him through space. Anyway, um, there's one point where they show Trafalgar Square and a group of people watching, and you can kind of see the admirality in the background right there, too. Again, fictitiously uh, watching 
uh, in the Martian, and you can see that in the background. But, man, they are hardcore. When they close, it's all over. It is lights out immediately. Uh, it is no... It is no, we're closing at, you know, 11 o'clock and five seconds. We're closing at 11 o'clock, and they pulled the plug on me. I was halfway through the last word, or Colts happy hour, whatever the hell it is. I was halfway through that, and then all of a sudden, they just pulled the plug. But man, was it fun. Had a great time. Within walking distance of the hotel, here's to hoping that all that want to attend in Frankfurt in November get that opportunity to go. Because it is a blast. Joseph Newgarden, Mike Chappell, Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Sam Smith's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. A lot to talk about with Sam coming up at 5. Uh, he's doing some great things. I mean, even beyond being a part of Errol McLaren and the success they're having, he's just having life success in with what he is doing now for others. We'll talk about that with Sam coming up at the top. Top of the hour, we have carb day tickets. I have qualifying tickets together. When you hear a re-entry from Brian Adams or Soul Asylum, I have LL Cool J tickets coming at you as well. You can listen for an LL re-entry, and that will be your cue to call. And where we're going to be tomorrow. You know, it's not a bar. It's not a restaurant, but this is going to be great. I'll tell you where and what time you need to be there and what you can win. That is coming up as well. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. Lively. He does. And a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Joseph Newgarden a little bit earlier. Podcast 107.5. TheFan.com. Always really good. Mike Chappell also here. Uh, prospect workouts for the Pacers are officially underway tomorrow. And among the six that are working out... Certainly one name that you would recognize would be Jaime Jaquez of UCLA. I loved watching him play. Anybody else with me on that? Loved watching him play. That dude worked as off shot maker, shot taker. Jaime Jaquez among the six working out for the Pacers coming up tomorrow. I wouldn't mind to talk with him. I know I'm going to be on the road tomorrow, but I just I, I thought he had just such a fantastic collegiate career. I I can't get over, and I always talk about, you know, when the the NCAA tournament was completely well, basically in the state of Indiana, but certainly uh, within Indianapolis, and when they played that that national semifinal between Gonzaga and UCLA, and Jalen Suggs threw in that that half quarter just inside the half court to win it <laughs> i don't believe what you might feel like being on the other side of that that dude just always there wasn't a moment when he wasn't playing his ass off i loved watching him play and again and one of the six working out for the pacers coming up tomorrow was ucla's jaime Hawkes. 
Uh, afternoon baseball today, the Reds get a win, blanking the Mets. And that means not, you know, blanking as in what we try to say when we cover up cuss words on the radio, blanking as in the Mets not scoring a run, five zip the final. So there you go. Uh, in other action, one game ongoing, Royals three, White Sox one, middle of the six from Kansas City. Uh, the other final, Twins five, Padres three. Just a light schedule for your Thursday afternoon and your Thursday evening in Major League Baseball. And, of course, the NBA postseason back underway tonight. A couple of game sixes at the Celtics and the Sixers with Philly at home and an opportunity to close it out. Might we be watching the final game with the Tatum-Brown tandem? Or the Tatum-Brown smart, don't laugh, threesome? I remember this was years ago. I was an advocate of Marcus Smart here. And I know he can't score, can't shoot very well, but he's always kind of, he's that piece that is needed when you need to get that championship level. And part of the problem they have right now is that if you go out like this, that's going to be viewed as incredibly disappointing. And, you know, Mike, they make some changes. To me, if you're suggesting, like Tatum's going nowhere. But if the wild card is is Jalen Brown, because everybody's been talking about Jalen Brown going someplace else, and people have been talking about the Celtics being the team to kind of push Brown someplace else, I, I guess I wouldn't understand that. Because you've got two high-level players. It seems like what you need to do is try to add what's left around them or try to upgrade what else is around them. Seems like you'd want to keep that. Now, monetarily speaking, I understand, but it seems like you'd want to keep that. Celtics Sixers coming up tonight at 7.30. That's a game six with Philly up three games to two, that best of seven Eastern Conference semifinal. And Nuggets and the Suns with Denver an opportunity to close on the road against phoenix that tip is at 10 o'clock tonight I, I do i like watching devin booker play a great deal there is not much more that i really enjoy out of watching the suns though I, and i'm not anti kevin durant aren't you glad that the pacers check that aren't you glad that it worked out the way that it did regarding deandre ayton do you think deandre ayton would play at a higher level a non-disappointing level as a max player? Do you think he'd be playing at a higher level here? Or do you think the Pacers, when they signed him that an offer sheet and then Phoenix, remember last July, matched that, did the Pacers dodge the proverbial bullet right there? And I said, I said to Chad Buchanan that they did. I asked him straight out, are you glad that Phoenix matched? Oh, everybody around here. Oh, DeAndre Ayton this and DeAndre Ayton that. I had to hear it from every dork and nerd around here. (laughs) I'm assuming that even with the postseason, not in the cards for the Pacers this year, that most of you are glad that it worked out that way. Or would he be in a better situation here? 
Is he getting kind of squeezed out there because not enough basketballs to go around? I mean, right, you're supposed to have a so-called big three. And it's kind of weird, too, because it was clear that he didn't really get along with Monty Williams and what was going on there, and, and they just decided to go ahead and pay him and and uh, try to crush that square peg in the round hole, so to speak. But aren't you glad... Aren't you glad that John is here from 3 until 6 and can make sure even those that are the most misguided out there can see the error in their ways and jump on board and sidestep what could have been a financial calamity here? Come on. Aren't you glad? Some days you're not, but you're glad on a day like today. Aren't you glad? Sometimes I just get a point you in the right direction. Sometimes me and my friend Greg have to point you in the right direction because we're the only ones out there that did. Uh, everybody else in July was all excited. Andy Walsh says, we were more excited that the Pacers just made a move at all to get a big name. Didn't matter who it was. See, that's where you need me, Andy. I've got I've got to turn the flashlight on and make sure you get through this dark cavern of the unknown. That's not how it works. It worked out much better the way that it did. Feel good. Feel good about it. I'm glad that you do. I don't know about that running out there and signing a big name stuff or having interest in a big name. It's much better to see this team evolve into something good, something useful, something productive. And they should be on a faster track than certainly the Colts here locally and professionally right now, too. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live is where you guys are. I want to thank Greg Rakestraw and... um, Thank Jason West for bringing by Hartwell's Premium Ranch. I have in my hand Creamy Dill Ranch. I'm assuming it's good for dipping. It's good for spreading and good for dipping. Can I say that on the radio? Good for spreading? Good for spreading and good for dipping. Not that kind of dipping, but good for dipping and good for spreading. Hartwell's Premium. I have fire-roasted chili and I have Creamy Dill Ranch. Thank you to Jason West and to Greg Rakestraw for bringing that by. You think this ranch, this jar of ranch is going to make it home, or am I going to chug it on the way home, you think? You should chug it on the way home. Some shot glasses out and do some shots of ranch. Bet that creamy dill ranch goes down smooth right there. Film it. We'll have content. (laughs) That's what I need is content right there. (laughs) Really good content for me. Hey, let's make a video of JMV chugging ranch dressing from a jar. Good idea. That's a Mike Chapel, Joseph Newgarden, 107.5thefan.com. You can find those podcasts there. Sam Schmidt's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to be on the road coming up tomorrow. Brent Holverson and I at, you guys ready for it, Mystic Waters Campground. So if you travel and you know I-69 well at that Pendleton exit, if you want, if you're going northbound to your left, southbound to your right, you will see the Mystic Waters Campground. There is a lake. There is many a cabin. 
And we're going to go up there and give away a staycation for you. This is going to be one of the places that you just want to go to get away where you don't have to go very far. Mystic Waters Campground with us tomorrow. I'd love to see everybody up there. Love to see it. Tyler says, I don't know how I feel about easy spreading fire roasted anything. Easy spreading, easy dipping. If you guys ask nicely, I may bring up a jar of this to Mystic Waters Campground tomorrow. That's going to be a party. What'd you bring? Yeah, we brought um, Heaven Hill Distillery. We got Larceny Bourbon, Evan Williams, Luna Azul Tequila, and I think JMV brought Ranch. There's your party. Quick break. We'll come back. Sam Smith, top of the hour. Chances to win coming up not once but twice in the remainder of the show. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Now this sounds like a carb day re-entry right here. Brian Adams. Soul Asylum coming up to 26, not too far away. Tickets available, IMS.com. But I have for you right now Carb Day tickets, and I have uh, qualification tickets for you as well. Again, Brian Adams and Soul Asylum number 9 at 239-1070 will go and go because we like you. All right, I'm kind of curious about this. This is from Greg saying Jaime is good and Aiden is bad is an interesting segment. Nah, I mean, if you go further, I described enjoying watching Jaime Jaquez play collegially and the fact that he was going to work out for the Pacers tomorrow. Now, in the completely opposite end of what I talked about in that segment, I suggested how happy you should be and I'm assuming you are, that Phoenix matched the offer sheet of the Pacers last July and decided to max out DeAndre Ayton. How happy you should be. So that's completely different. And nothing the same. That's not like I'm saying, well, you know what? Jaime Hawkins is better than DeAndre Ayton. I don't think I said that. Just like watching one play collegially at UCLA and uh, – full well knowing that you should be happy that the Pacers have Miles Turner over DeAndre Ayton right now. I'm assuming you are, right? Unless you're a jackass, maybe you're not. So completely different altogether. I think most got it. Greg didn't, so I felt I needed to maybe explain it a little further. Make sure you got it. Charles writes this. Thanks for the love with Hartwell's premium ranch. Time to take some shots. I can do that for you. (laughs) And believe me, I understand where you're coming from about being excited about the Pacers being in on somebody name wise. But, yeah, oftentimes the things that don't work out are the things that you look back on and you're glad about. You're glad that that didn't work out. You better be glad that didn't work out. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, This is from Jim McCann in Southern California. How does a father and son Frankfurt trip with Blake T sound? I've thought about that. 
Germany set 16 years as the minimum age for purchasing beer and wine and 18 for buying spirits. Well, Dad has set that, Jim McCann, much higher. See, the problem Blake has, the problem Blake has is that I was such a horse's ass growing up that there is nothing that's going to get by me. At that level. Like, I know all the tricks. I know what happens. And it's probably unfair to him that I lived it. I was a part of it, and I know. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one for him. Like, it was easy for me. A much simpler time, too, but easy for me. He's He's got to live with the fact that that was me uh, growing up. <laughs> this is going to be tough. Could be like thirty, going man. That's pretty funny. Uh, Sean says, "So we're a jackass if we don't agree." I don't. Maybe your opinion is, yeah, your opinion might. So if you don't agree with what is best, yes, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know your opinion. You'll have to tell me that. So maybe I think that. Your opinion's jackass worthy if it was not the opinion that turned out to be the right decision. Yes, exactly. Sean, exactly. But you have to tell me. I guess you'll have to elaborate, and then I'll just tell you a little bit later whether or not I believe it to be true. But yeah, I think so. I think I put up with enough crap over that to where I can honestly say that I, I feel good about it. I feel good. I feel good that I was in the right and a lot of you were in the wrong. Sometimes it works out the other way and I have to live with it. So in this case, you have to live with it. It makes me feel good. Quick break and we'll come back. Sam Smith, speaking of feeling good, doing some great things just beyond the racetrack. We'll talk to Sam about that and more next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That Joseph Newgarden a little bit earlier. Mike Chappell also here. Mystic Waters campground tomorrow. I-69. That's the Pendleton exit. Left side northbound. Right side southbound. I-69. We've got a staycation to give away. Betting analyst Brent Halverson will be with us. I'm assuming because Brent's up there. Heaven Hill Distillery Products. And if you guys want me to bring the Hartwell's Premium Ranch, I can do that too because I got plenty of it right here. Set and ready to go. So, again, Mystic Waters Campground, that is tomorrow. I'd love to see you up there. I promise you this is going to be a fantastic time. And I've not looked at the weather forecast, but that be damned. We're going to party up there outside broadcast-wise. Tomorrow, Mystic Waters. Me, Brent Halverson, your chance to win some stuff. That and more coming up. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Errol McLaren, and just an all-around great guy. And he was with us a year ago. We talked about a variety of things. 
We'll do so again today because it's also in front of what is going to be a race to recovery gala coming up tomorrow, I believe, at the Indiana Roof Ballroom here in downtown Indy. Sam Smith joins us now. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Fantastic to have you back on in Indy. How's the season gone to date for uh, you and your colleagues in your estimation? You know, I I think we, you know, I'd give us uh, I'd give us an A minus just because uh, should have won St. Pete and should have won Texas if it doesn't end in yellow. So uh, yeah. that would get us to a, few, a, a solid A plus. But you know, I think considering uh, we added twenty five people and started the third car for Rossi and uh, that all all three cars have made the fast twelve in every race. Um, you know, I'm excited. I mean, Rossi uh, has won this race. He's won the five hundred. Uh, God, and adding Canon for the 500 is huge. Uh, if you think about it, the drivers we have this year at the 500 finished second, third, fourth, and fifth last year. So we are extremely excited to get this thing going and get this month of May going. So. <laughs> It yeah. is Sam Smith with us. I, I did want you to comment on this, too. It, it, on paper, as you mentioned, it looks like that uh, nobody has a better stable of drivers going into the month of May than you guys. Is that the feeling? I think, uh, you know, obviously Penske, uh, with their deepness, depth, and experience in the three cars, um, Andretti's made a good run this year. They've improved a lot. And certainly Ganassi. I mean, now, you know, you mu- somebody might have said last year that uh, – the weak link there was Erickson, right? And that would have bit him in the butt. So um, the Ganassi cars, as we feel, are, are probably the best of the best when it comes to Hondas. We feel like you're, we're right there, if not best of the best, with the Chevys. And, um, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong that day. And so it's all about minimizing your uh, uh, minimizing your mistakes and execution. And the ones that execute will be there at the end. Hey, what's the point um, in the month of May? How, how do you break down your feeling on how much momentum your team has can there's is there a way you play off of it with the gmr grand prix for example or is it about the way that you practice then the way that you qualify where, where, where do you figure out or how do you figure out exactly the type of momentum you have going into the race itself well um i think we've got great momentum we knew we could have won those first two races and even with uh with rossi and uh, and and felix we've had excellent race cars fast and you know just didn't execute like i said so hopefully those kind of gremlins those kind of mistakes are out of our system but you know indy's a indy's a pretty uh what's the word um difficult place to do business you know all the shops are here uh you want to try and create a sense of loyalty you want to create a team effort which we thought honestly i might be tough with uh you know rick and i are still part of the team but uh but mclaren has come in and, and done and made a lot of changes, had a lot of people. And, you know, we were seriously concerned about losing some people. And then, you know, I think out of 100 people, we lost two, you know. So that's that's not bad attrition. So we've got all the same people. i got a handful of people that have been here since uh, early 2000s. i got another half dozen that have been here since I started the IndyCar team in 2011. So I'm really just excited. Um, this is the best opportunity. I mean, you, you always come to Indy hoping you have an opportunity to win it. But let's face it, sometimes you need a, a lot of luck to do it. I think in the position we're in, we need a lot less luck, um, but we still need luck. So uh, Kanan's been a really good added bonus this year. Uh, I think he's going to stay on as a driver coach after the 500. And, uh, man, it's uh, it's just great. It's just great. Great energy, great vibe. I got to spend the whole day today 
with the team, with the mechanics, with the engineers, and um, everybody thinks we, any of our cars can win. So, Sam Smith joins us. You, you look at Tony Kanaan. How much coaching uh, does he end up doing? Uh, with the other drivers, and really not even 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 past that, even with those you know team members, how much coaching advice giving uh, does he provide your team? You know, with Tony, I think it's as much um, attitude and work ethic and example as it is anything else. Um, here's a guy that's been here how many years and how, how many races and how many successful Indy 500s, always there at the end, always in top five. And so for young drivers like Pato and uh, Felix to an extent, that's just a great example to have around all year. I would not expect him to give 100% of his secrets up uh, before the green flag drops, but certainly we'll hopefully get the benefit of that afterwards. But, man, we got some good guys. I mean, Pato uh, came about 20 feet in turn one on the last lap away from winning that thing last year. And, uh, and Felix led laps. Every one of our guys has won or led laps here. So, um, yeah, Tony, you know, he's just such a – the fans love him, the sponsors love him, and, uh, and that will hopefully rub off on the other drivers, you know, because um, you need to work as hard outside the car as you do inside the car. Hey, Sam, outside of not, – not so much Tony involved in this question, but of, of Felix – Alexander and, and Pato, and obviously, you know, Rossi has, has won the race before. But give me a top individual positive quality for each of those three drivers and what they bring to this team. Pato, just youthful ambition, no filter. Uh, what you see is what you get. Um, just, I mean, you know, number one follower, uh, of Instagram, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the IndyCar paddock, other than somebody who came from F1. Um, Felix, uh, kind of a mix between maturity and speed. He's got great talent, got great speed. And, um, you know, generally he's just somebody you can always count on to be up there. I mean, I, I'm a little disappointed he hasn't, you know, won more races with us right now, but I think he's, uh, he's getting used to his new engineer and that stuff. But, when he gets to Rossi, I mean, uh, I was really excited to bring him in because absolutely nobody, nobody's going to outwork Alexander Rossi in the paddock. Um, he's always in the shop. He's always in the gym. He's always trying to make himself better uh, with data, with video, with everything you think of, driver, coach, psychological, the whole deal. And uh, so I'm hoping, not that Pato doesn't work hard out of the car, but I'm hoping, uh, you know, some of that work ethic, some of that specificity, some of that attention to detail, you know, could rub off on Pato because I think then you got a, you got a guy that would be unstoppable, you know? Um, but all of them are working hard and, and this is by far, you know, what everybody wants to win this thing. So, um, we, uh, we're excited. So Sam Schmidt joins us from Errol McLaren and, uh, we'll get to, to what he's doing coming up tomorrow night as well. So I, I talked to Joseph Newgarden a little bit earlier and I asked him, you know, how it goes both good and bad in the critiquing that goes along with the drivers team driver meetings i want to ask you the same how does that go the the driver meetings take us into you know both the good and the bad the critiquing and the patting on the back that goes on in each driver meeting where you want these guys to learn from mistakes and grow from experiences and get better individually and as a team how does that go from meeting after meeting with you guys yeah i mean i i don't know about the other teams but i think we've always had a very sort of open book, open, open, no, you know, 
no BS type of way of approaching this. I mean, um, when you do things right, it's right there in black and white. When you mess up um, on your own, it's right there in black and white. So, you know, these guys are veterans. There's no reason to dwell on it. It's really just, okay, I don't like to go backwards, but what can we make sure to do that we don't make the mistake ever again, whether it's in the pits, whether it's there's so many, you know, that's what people don't realize. Uh, the drivers get all the glory, but, man, there are so many pieces of this puzzle behind the scenes that if so, if one person doesn't do their job right, uh, it can be catastrophic or it can hurt somebody, you know. So um, it's uh, we, we don't just analyze the drivers and their uh, their their practice or qualifying the race, but we analyze uh, every step of this thing because, as you know, a football field is a second, so pit stops are critical, equipment's are critical, you know, just on and on and on. You know, Sam, too, you mentioned a little bit earlier that now you have a mixture on this team behind the scenes, you know, mechanics and such, non-drivers, non-driving category. You have a mixture of, of old school and very new school is that perfect? Because when I look at your drivers right now, it sounds like that that, at least from, from those non-drivers, would be a perfect mixture. Do you feel like you guys might be there with that, that kind of perfect uh, supporting cast that you have for your drivers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Tony tips the scale a little bit to uh, to the older side when he gets in the mix. But, uh, but as far as everywhere through the organization, uh, starting with drivers, then mechanics and engineers, commercial department we uh we really have a spread of uh people that have been here anywhere from 20 years to you know two two months you know so uh uh we ramped up quite a bit um you know uh in personnel to start the third car for rossi and i like the fact that we really didn't dig into the paddock to do that i mean there was a few selective people that came to us and said hey we like what you guys are doing we like what the future for mclaren is you know do you have an available spot and our response is typically, well, only if you're not happy where you're at. You know, I don't want to be playing that game. But but we also got, gosh, I think probably 60%, 70% of the people we hired were all uh, not involved in IndyCar prior to, uh, you know, prior to bringing them on. So a lot of fresh faces, a lot of newbies. But that's really, really well covered up with, uh, you know, our crew chiefs and our engineers that have been here, either been in the business 30, 40 years or, um, you know, just some oversight, make sure – uh, those mistakes don't happen, but we got a lot of uh, a lot of youthful ambition, which is really exciting. Yeah, and, and, and to me, I'm talking about the the 500 itself, not so much the GMR Grand Prix this weekend, Sam. But it seems yeah. like that you in, in this era of racing, it is important to have each it, to have both yeah, the the old schoolers that certainly know their way around know what can happen and how to handle it and the new schoolers that may you know take on and have different thoughts in mind that uh, you know maybe the old schoolers wouldn't have it seems like in this era of racing with the 500 in mind that that's a, a very important dynamic to have on your team Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, really no different in that sense than a lot of other businesses you can sure. be involved in. But uh, but uh, in this one, it's critical because we do have a large population of mechanics uh, that were mechanics when I was driving, you know, almost 30 years ago. So they're starting to age out. They get a little tired. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's not the NASCAR schedule of 34 races a year, but it is 17. You do test a lot. Uh, you do travel a lot. So it's uh, you got to pace yourself mentally, physically. We try to we try to get them out of Indy for events as late as possible. We try and get them back as soon after events as we can uh, through the JET program, different things. Uh, everything we can to give them the best quality of life at home as we can. 
Um, but you know, you're not you're not married to somebody in this business unless there's a lot of give and take with uh, with their schedules and uh, and everything else. So uh, uh, it's yeah, I, I really like the mix that we have. Um, and I think we can grow from here and have a really great. We should be we should be in that talk every weekend about winning the race, sitting on pole and uh, winning the championship. We should be. It is uh, Sam Smith of Aero McLaren Racing. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I want to get to uh, what's coming up tomorrow and uh, further down the road as well with you in a second. But I, I ask you this because you've been you know, around IndyCar for such a long time and you know an incredible history of that. Where is um, IndyCar, just in general terms right now, uh, where it is right now compared to where it has been? Is it in a good place moving forward? from from your estimation i i do think so you know um god bless the home and george family and everything they did to maintain the speedway and get it to where it was uh but you know let's face it if uh roger penske doesn't buy this thing in january 2020 and have his penske entertainment group and everybody there be able to navigate COVID for a couple of years and and not have us all lose our businesses completely and keep our sponsors happy and you know, uh, yeah, God bless Roger Penske for that. And and uh, I talked to Tony this morning, in fact, and, uh, you know, he's, he's happy with uh, with the way things have come out, what's happening with the Speedway, all the improvements, and, you know, and, and everybody is happy with the fast of the baton. There's, the family's still around. The family's still involved. The family's still at the race. But uh, but clearly the Penske group is, is the group that can invest and take this thing to the next level. We've never had more uh, number of cars consistently. We've never had um, the the ratings and the TV and the NBC on, on Prime, the, uh, you know, the, the, the qualified drivers and teams. It has not been this competitive since probably the 90s. And even in the 90s, you'd argue that uh, that was a bit lopsided field and there was only a few people that could win. So, um, you know, uh, I, I hope people like the new 100 Days to Indy series. A little behind the scenes there. I hope, uh, you know, but that's all that's all supported by Roger Penske and Penske Entertainment. Uh, they they tripled their staff on social media. They uh, they're really, you know, targeting towards the younger generation. And uh, I think, you know, with the success of F1 and for that matter, a lot of other series in the U.S. SRO, et cetera. Uh, you know, we're here to stay. We've never been stronger. The drivers and the teams have never been stronger financially. So I'm very excited. I want to talk about as well with Sam Smith. You have a uh, your celebration, uh, the Race to Recovery Gala going on. I believe that's tomorrow night at the Indiana Roof Ballroom. If you would share some thoughts on that, and and obviously all that you've been involved with over the years, and you know, in in forwarding and utilizing technology and and things that you've had to deal with that you want to better for for everybody else. A little bit about what you've been doing at this event and obviously moving forward with with a lot of, of those as well that are that are working to conquer paralysis with with this particular charity and this gala going on tomorrow night, Sam. Well, it's uh, it's a labor of love, obviously. I can't believe I've been paralyzed 23 years. But uh, when I got hurt, I had six months of inpatient rehabilitation. Uh, my home was converted. My family was ready for me. And I, I instantly went back to work when I went home. Now, you and everybody else, we you'd be lucky to get six weeks. Uh, they send you home completely unprepared for life. doesn't matter your disability, brain injury, stroke, MS, you name it. 
And uh, what do you do, you know? Uh, really, really, 85% divorce rate, um, uncalculated but large uh, suicide rate. Um, and it really didn't hit me until Robert Wickens got hurt in 2018, and we had to immediately deploy the information that we learned, you know, through this funding of this, of this foundation and this gala for the past 18 years. We had a willing candidate. I mean, I wouldn't have wished it on him, but uh, that is the great thing about IndyCar racing. Everybody wants to beat everybody up on Sunday to win, but when there's a catastrophe or something happens to somebody in the paddock, it doesn't matter who it is. We're going to open our arms. We're going to figure out how to fix this thing. And Robert, Robert was uh, a willing participant to uh, take on everything we've learned. They said he'd never walk it in, but because he was so diligent, so energetic, applied his his perseverance to from racing to that. He walked it with Keynes. About a year later, he uh, he got married. He has a kid, and now he's working for us full time and driving professionally in the Hyundai Series. So. Uh, that is a perfect example of what we now want to do to the masses. Um, there's going to be some great, uh, uh, some great announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks. But the long and short of it is, we had so much success with our Driven Neuro Recovery Center in the last four years in Vegas. That was one of the critical reasons why, at least I personally sold a part of the team, was to focus on this 100%. It is my passion in my life until I cannot do it no more. Uh, we're going to open one in Phoenix in about 90 days. Um, we're going to be doing something here that's going to be very collaborative, very cool. Um, and then, you know, we're going to try and try and grow this and take it to the masses because uh, I can honestly say to everybody who's listening, like, if you have any size in your family, you are going to deal with this type of situation in your lifetime. You're going to, may not be spinal cord injury, but brain injury, MS, transverse myelitis, ALS, PLS, all of these disorders can be either cured and or better quality of life, and we can get you back to work using technology that is not available conventionally because insurance won't reimburse for it. So uh, we're very excited. Uh, again, just having driven out there, working out there myself, I had to go through a year's worth of rehabilitation to get upright and dance with my daughter at a wedding, but mm. it was well it was well worth the effort, you know, and... Uh, not everybody, you know, wants to put the time or the skin in the game, but if you want to put the game in the game and you want to come to our, one of our facilities, we're going to we're going to help you reach your goals. We have an unlimited amount of uh, uh, college scholarships for anybody that's disabled wants to go to college. We got great partnerships with uh, UNLV out there and IU Health here, and and so we're just we're just really excited. And I need to applaud everybody in Indiana for helping us to get, you know get to this point. We've invested over $17 million in 23 years on research and various forms of rehabilitation. And now, now we're putting it to work. And I think, you know, in the short amount of time, we're going to be putting it to work here. But also what's really cool about this event is it's completely hybrid. Uh, you can go online, you can register online. It's free to register. You can bid on all the auction items. And then uh, at eight o'clock tomorrow night on the internet, on your PC, on your TV, uh, you can watch the whole event live. Um, with a lot of stars, a lot of our success stories, and uh, you sit at home, drink, drink, drink a bottle of wine, and watch it. You know, so um, it's uh, we developed that process for the for the COVID shows and for raising money, and it was so successful, over 1,200 people watching nationally, that we had to continue it even with a live event downtown. There is still tickets available downtown as well. 
Indiana Rooftop Ballroom, uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night to 10 o'clock. We got, we got drivers. We got dignitaries. We got a party. Uh, I think starting about 9 o'clock, we're opening up casino night and a cool band. And so it's, uh, you know, come rock the night away. It's only 250 bucks all in. Or, uh, like I said, go online and uh, register yourself. We got 150 bid items, all something for everybody. So, And just know that that money will be spent in Indiana, 100%. So, uh, you know, again, you're, you're investing in the future uh, if you help us. So Sam Smith with us, Indiana Ballroom, or Indiana Roof Ballroom, I should say, coming up tomorrow night. What is the web address where people can, can sign up and, and bid and then sign up and watch this tomorrow night too, Sam? ConquerParalysisNow.org. ConquerParalysisNow.org. There'll be a couple of different things you can click on, whether you want to bid on the auction items, whether you want to watch live. All of that stuff's free. So, uh, yeah, should be straightforward. Or, you know, uh, you know, somebody get a hold of me, whatever. I don't know. You know I, say, um, I got a busy day or else I give my cell phone number. But, uh, um, yeah, now or send a note, send a note info at ConquerParalysisNow.org. But, but it's all all this technology now. I don't know how the hell to do it, but I know you can. I know on your cell phone you can bid, and on your computer you can bid, and on your TV and computer you watch the show. This is this is your vision coming to reality right here, isn't it? You mentioned what what's happening in Vegas, what's about to happen in Phoenix. Obviously, what's going to go down here, and and the Indiana Roof Ballroom Gala coming up tomorrow night. This is this is your your vision, and I I'm, I was curious about this. Um, when I was listening to you, how often does this vision continue to evolve for you? Well, I mean, prior to selling part of the team, 75% of that was keeping that going with yeah. all the, all my energy towards raising money for that. But now it's flip flop. This is 75, the team's like 10 and I got some other things that are 10 or 15, but, uh, all that to say, uh, what I've seen in the last four years of driven working out there personally, and the change in people's lives that, frankly, don't have a pot to fist in. They're living below the poverty level. Those are the most energetic people that want to get back to work. They want to support their family. Uh, they want to pay taxes, uh, believe it or not. And uh, so I'm, you know, really doing this for that. I'm in the 1% of people that, you know, had a pathway, had good insurance, had good family. Uh, it's just not that way with any of these disabilities. So, yes, um, this is my path forward. As long as I'm alive, we'll be We'll be trying to put these up around the country and uh, and raise money for it. We everybody talks about you know stem cell research, stimulators, a lot of different ways to fix this problem, given this disorder. But what I found out the hard way is all roads lead to intensive rehabilitation. If you want a stem cell procedure, if you want a drug procedure, if you want a stimulator, you're going to have to come to me to do the work after you get it, and uh, that's what we're here for. The IU Health, uh, Ascension, Ortho Indy, uh, Goodman Campbell, they're all going to be sending hundreds of people our way to get this type of therapy because insurance doesn't cover it. So that's what the money goes to. Sam Smith's with us. And before I let you go, just a spectacular conversation. And I, I wanted to to also mention this. You're going to have a special guest with you guys coming up on Saturday at the GMR Grand Prix. Um, a little bit about that, too. And, and once again, just another fantastic story of what you're doing and, and trying to help. We're doing that pretty much at every race. But this one is of particular local interest. I got a call maybe three months ago from a friend of mine in the banking industry who said he's on an off, a wounded officer's foundation and 
you know, uh, this Dr. Moody got hurt in the line of duty, and it is exactly what I talked about earlier in this call, is that, you know, six weeks of rehabilitation, he's home. They're, they've given no pathway to go back to work. Uh, his wife is, you know, his wife never worked, you know, so she's she's taking care of three kids, you know, all this stuff. And, and uh, I'm like, what the hell? You know, this is a very, very common problem, but this was uh, – you know, this is out there because it's a, it's a, you know, Indiana police officer. And so, uh, you know, like we do always, we connect the dots, yeah. call Toyota, call Brawnability and uh, Carmel and Winamac. Uh, we got him a van. We got it converted. And we delivered that to him a couple weeks ago. So I'm very, very, very pleased uh, to have Dr. Uh, have Officer Moody coming out to the track. Um, uh, uh, yeah, he's coming to the event tomorrow night yep. if you want to come see him. He's coming to the track with his entire family on Saturday. Uh, we're going to entertain him, show him the time of his life. But more importantly, afterwards, we are going to dig in and find out what we can do about his rehabilitation. Because I have several officers injured in the line out in Vegas that are back working for the police department, uh, you know, at the desk level, at the, at the 911 level, whatever. They all want to go back to work. And they've given him no pathway to do that, which to me, you know, just like the VA in the military, is a travesty that this guy was hurt in the line of duty and – there's not a clear pathway for him to go back to work. So that is what we're all about. And, uh, and here we are living example. I'm excited, uh, you know, at Detroit race, uh, after the new 500, we've got several of the kids that were shot in Michigan state a few months ago that were paralyzed by bullets. So everywhere we go, there's, there's a public, a public example of what we're trying to fix that represents thousands of people right behind them that you don't hear about. Man. And um, Dustin Moody is um, a police officer in Trafalgar, and uh, Dustin, along with his wife and son, will uh, be a special guest of yours coming up at the GMR Grand Prix on Saturday out at uh, IMS. That is Sam Smith. You, you are an, you are just a treasure, Sam. A treasure. I uh, appreciate that, but I mean, it's it's uh, you know speaking brutally honest, I did all of this. Because I had a six-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I said, by hell, am I going to, like, lay there all day and let them see me do nothing, you know? Uh, I wanted to watch them grow up. I wanted to be a productive member of society, and, uh, you know, I made sure I was to be that example, but I also had a lot of a lot of gifts and um, the ability to do that, and that's uh, that's not the norm. So we got we to gotta make this happen for not only, you know, this people, the VA, we're, we got to work on some problems there. Uh, getting some people rehabilitated back to work. And there's some pretty big challenges. But, you know, I, I don't want to say this is all us either. I mean, you know, the van is a partnership uh, of uh, us and Broadability and their foundation. Everybody worked together. Uh, the fact that he's coming out on Saturday. You know, Doug Ball is providing the tickets, parking. Uh, we're providing seat pass. We're, we're showing them around. So everything we do um, is done with purpose, but it's also done collaboratively. So that's kind of what excites me because – Everybody gets excited, right? So, uh, anyway. Nah, uh, I'm telling you, I I got no words, and, and I, I every too. time I have you on, I'm as happy as hell afterwards that I had you on <laughs> because you you, uh, you bring a great deal of, of vision and goodwill and joy to wherever you are, and uh, and we appreciate that, Sam. And tomorrow night should be fun at the Indiana Roof Ballroom. And, and this is much less important, but I always have to bring up 
that when I grew up and watched you win like 15 grand on pressure luck, that was a noted moment in my life back in the day. So I got to bring that up 18, every time. 18.5, my man. 18.5? Wait a minute. It says I hate, 15K. What? I, I, I hate to, I hate the <laughs> fact. YouTube. I, I love YouTube, but man, that's a, that's a curse and a, and a positive thing. And that's a, I, I kept for so many years. And then about 10 years ago, I started getting notes like, hey, dude. I saw you on Pressure Luck. <laughs> it still and, uh, it still rolls all the time. I mean, you can see it on YouTube right now, whatever you want, but it still rolls all the time. Yeah, you gotta love that. You gotta love the Miami Vice uh, shirt, our blazer, <laughs> and the Don Johnson haircut and mustache. And uh, it was 1983, so just put it all in perspective. And uh, um, and I paid. I used that money to pay for my MBA. So what was it? I don't know whether. Yeah. Was it all cash, or was there any product in there too? Oh, pressure luck is a lot of cash. Um, I think I think it was all cash, man. I was, okay, I didn't I know if you no want a trip. No Sometimes they have bucks. trips in there too. So, yeah, no whammies, big bucks. I even got a date out of it. One of the girls that uh, uh, was that I beat on one of the sessions was uh, uh, was you know up for a date afterwards. I said, well, you know, if I win, um, I'll you know, I'll pay. If you win, uh, you pay. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't go past the first date, but I got pretty lucky there too because I got. <laughs> I've been married, just married 30 years, and uh, she's married 30 years, and she's a saint, for sure. That is outstanding right there. How many whammies did you end up with? Well, that's it. You get three whammies, you're out. But a lot of times they say, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, don't raise the money, pass your whammies. They're going to whammy out. You still win. But I took the opposite approach, man. I was going going for big bucks, big bucks, and... uh, um, you know, it worked for two full days. I won eighteen five, and then uh, the third day I whammied out. You know, but uh, it's uh, kind of like my driving here at Indy, win or die trying, and uh, that's why all three Indy five hundreds I didn't finish. But uh, um, yeah, it's it's all in. We love you being here, and it's uh, yeah. As I mentioned, you're a treasure, Sam. Thanks for all that you do, and so many of those that you help. Continued success, success for uh, Errol McLaren coming up in the month of May as well, and uh, we'll see you out the track. Thank you as always for coming on this show. It's an absolute joy. Well, thank you so much for having us, helping us promote it, and uh, I want to wear some stinky milk. So let's go for it. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Thank you, Sam. Bye, Sam Smith. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group pile line. Yeah, enough said. That's just one of the all-time great guys. Uh, in case you could not tell by the interview, just one of the all-time great good guys right there. No doubt. He got a date out of pressure luck as well. He won 18-5 in cash, two-day winner, and got a date. It's Sam Schmidt, everybody. Quick break. We're back with you next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. IMS.com for your carb day tickets. Dave Perner, Soul Asylum opens up for Brian Adams. May the 26th, that is the carb day extravaganza. Again, your tickets, IMS.com. Go there right now. I am still floored. Sam Schmidt was so good. 
Uh, if you missed any of that, the podcast will be up at 107.5thefan.com. I mean, so good. And thank you, Jeremiah. That was phenomenal with Sam Schmidt. His work is outstanding. And, yeah, <laughs> every year we have him on before this, and um, I guess it takes a year to, to recognize just how good it was a year before. It was. That was great stuff right there. Sam Schmidt, Errol McLaren, uh, Indiana Roof, Ballroom, Gala coming up tomorrow night, helping raise money. You can watch it online. Just really good stuff. I cannot thank him enough for coming on. Joseph Newgarden a little bit earlier, Mike Chapel as well. Podcast for each, 1075thefan.com. Again, NBA action tonight. You get a pair of game sixes, Eastern Conference semifinal. Celtics trying to hold on here. Sixers with a chance to close things out at home against Boston. That's a 730 tip. Philly leads three games to two in that best of seven. Meantime, the Nuggets on the road with their chance to clear the board and move on to the Western Conference Finals. Denver up three games to two in that best of seven. Nuggets and Suns this evening. That is a 10 o'clock tip. Man, was that good. Jim McCann says, who do you think that Sam Smith got a date with. Was it Julie or Jill? (laughs) That episode is up there. Actually, though, I think he went two different episodes. I believe. So that number was wrong. He won 18-5 on the game show Pressure Luck. Yeah, it's great. 18-5, 18-5, and he said he got a date out of it. One-time date, but a date nonetheless. I believe if you're looking for this, it is, yeah, is it Pressure Luck episode 332 and 333? Yeah, if is what he said he won. He was in the episodes between the 2nd and the 4th of January, 1985. Man, that is well done right there. (laughs) Julie? Julie or Jill? Who is it? Yeah, that's great. Can't wait to see Brent Halverson tomorrow, too. I tell you what, let me take a break and we'll come back. Uh, We'll finish that with some calls. I haven't taken calls yet today. We can to close out the show if you want. But we're on the road tomorrow up outside of Pendleton off of I-69, Mystic Waters Campground. You can win a staycation. I'm assuming that our friend Brent Halverson is going to be bringing some stuff up there too. My assumption. Uh, from Heaven Hill Distillery. That is going to be a good party tomorrow. Hopefully we see you there. Jeremiah says that Melissa, that's his wife's friend, is Sam's personal physical therapist. And I, I read the story about the Trafalgar police officer 
and uh, his son and wife that will be a guest of Sam's and Errol McLaren coming up on Saturday out at the uh, GMR Grand Prix. That's awesome. Uh, JMV, by the way, I believe that Sam Schmidt won twice and lost on a third episode. I press your luck in 1985. If you missed it, Sam Schmidt is really good. That podcast, 1075thefan.com. Joseph Newgarden, Mike Chappell, also there on that podcast. We'll close it out with your chance at LL Cool J tickets as well. August at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That is going to be a fantastic show. Your chance to win is coming up before the end of this one. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, eh? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, this show's coming up August the 20th. That, by the way, is a Sunday night. Along with The Roots, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Rakim, Common, Big Boy, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and Jada Kiss, you will have the lead LL Cool J. Again, that's coming up on Sunday, August the 20th at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I have. I was thinking about this the other day. I mentioned a number of times. Eighty-seven is when I saw LL Cool J at a Fresh Fest. But sometimes I forget. And somebody that attended IU in the late nineties can help me out on this. I want to say it was maybe ninety-seven or ninety-eight when LL Cool J played. I think this was a little five weekend party. At Pickachick Farms in Monroe County. I, I blank you not, that is correct. And I think it was LL Cool J in Cypress Hill. Now, if somebody was attending IU in the late 90s that would have this factual, then you let me know. But I believe that was LL Cool J and Cypress Hill at Pickachick Farms in very rural, and I hate saying that word because I struggle with it, Monroe County. Two things that stand out regarding that show, and, and again, anytime LL Cool J's on stage, it's awesome. Obviously, Cypress Hill. Because I think I was out there twice. Another time, Kid Rock was out there. I don't know what the hell was going on. But two things I do vividly remember is... Like the the buses would bring all these IU students out there, and clearly they were all drinking their num nums or Boone's Farm or cheap beer or whatever on the bus ride out there. And these are windy roads to get to Pickachick Farms, so basically it's like a carnival ride. So when you mix the worst of carnival rides in a back road on a bus with Boone's Farm and cheap beer and IU students, what you get is upon the exit of the bus, I saw like three immediately just barf. Just like get off the bus and barf. The, uh, the other one was uh, 
there was some jackassery going on in front of the stage. And one of these frat boys gets on stage and grabs the mic and says, hey, if you guys don't stop this, we're going to get LL and go back to the frat house and party there. I have no idea what frat it was or the frat boy, but it was one of the more douchey things ever said. He would probably like to have that as a do-over. Because let me tell you this, there was no way LL Cool J was going back to the frat house with the bros and party there. No way. Two things I remember besides the show. Pick a chick for How in the world you get these guys to go out there? That always, that always slays me. How did you convince the, I guess with a lot of money, and see, that was before. Now, now these these people are going anywhere now. I mean, you see acts, bands, artists everywhere now. There are venues seemingly everywhere. But Picket Chick Farms was like, I think they played on the back of a hay wagon. That was their stage. It was incredible. Joseph Newgarden, Mike Chappell, Sam Schmidt podcast, by the way. Great day of conversations, 107.5thefan.com. Let's get Jay on the board here at 239-1070 before we bail. Hello, Jay. Hey, John. I really enjoyed your interview with Brian Adams, being I have relatives in Winnipeg and Vancouver. Well, heck yeah. He was good a couple of days ago, too. I'm just glad that he came on. Here's what's funny about it. So I I get a number and I call, right? I get a number and I call, and... Uh, the answer on the other line says, um, this is, uh, I think he said, uh, this is the factory. And I said, I'm looking for Brian Adams. Oh, this is he. So he answered his own phone. Right. <laughs> right. Answered his own phone. Pretty cool. I was just curious if, if the uh, Patriots and Colts play like they played last season, I'd rather see Boris Becker play Michael Stitch in the late 80s in tennis. Oh, you're giving me German tennis You players. are giving me a couple of German tennis players right there. Yeah. What about the awesome Steffi Graf? She was good too. But but do you think the Colts did this because they have a player who's from Austria, who's from a neighboring country? No, I just think they're no, I think their number came up with the NFL. They hadn't okay. played. They hadn't played, you know, overseas in this case in Europe since 2016. I just think their number came up with the NFL. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, Jay, I'll talk to you on Saturday night. Take care. Bye. Yeah, well done. Yeah, good. Late 80s, early 90s tennis references right there. Nothing ever wrong with that. Yeah, tomorrow's show, we're going to be up near Pendleton. The Pendleton exit is where you're going to find a huge lake. Huge lake. And surrounded by camping area and cabins, it is called Mystic Waters. Our Brent Holverson will be up there to talk that up. We're going to give away a staycation. I'm assuming have some sweet Heaven Hill Distillery products. What we're doing is having a Friday party at Mystic Waters. Again, I-69 at the Pendleton exit. I want to see everybody up there. There's zero reason for you not to be up there. Just bail out of work early, especially those of you in Noblesville and Fishers, Anderson, Lapel. Anywhere up that direction, join us. 
Mystic Waters, Brent Halverson, coming up tomorrow. Side 69, the Pendleton exit. James, great job out of you. Joseph Newgarden, Mike Chappell, Sam Smith, the podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Trackside, Beyond the Bricks, coming up. Live from Mystic Waters Campground tomorrow outside of Pendleton, beginning at 3. Have a great night.